Hello and welcome to this fourth episode in this um, series. Today we'll be talking about Linux security. Uh, what started as a hobby project in 1991, Linux has become a dominant player in the IT market today. Although technically Linux referred to a specific software piece, the kernel, many people refer to Linux as the collection of all the software tools um, that is there. Going back in history, in 1991, a Finnish uh, student, Linus uh, Torvalds, was working on an operating system back then called Minix, which is Mini Unix. And he found that it's um, overlacking a lot of things that he would love to have it in that environment. And he posted this famous message to the uh, community starting with hello everybody out there using Minix and he stated working on uh, 380, 386 and the Pentium 486. Some of you know about the history of hardware. These were like the uh, top of the brand technologies uh, in Intel. Um, and he proposed and asked for help and feedback on his project that he's working on. And if you can see what uh, today is looking for as in Linux. If you go and look into the market share, 80% goes to Microsoft as an install-based OS. And the rest goes for Linux, Mac, and Unix combined. But within cybersecurity or within security, it is not the quantity of the systems, but the quality. When you are implementing security, it is critical to always focus not on the system, but on the critical data. That is the difference between a major breach and a minor breach is the type and the quality of or sensitivity of that data uh, contained and not the operating system or not anything as such. When you're looking at the impact Linux system have to your organization, it is important not to overlook the appliances that you have. Most appliances, if not all, use in a way or in another Linux. So it is important to always remember, yes, Windows has the, a much larger install base, but Linux has the most critical, mission-critical systems uh, out there. A lot of times we go to assess um, some companies and the first thing we ask the IT and the security team is what operating system do you have? And say like, yeah, we only have Windows. We start our assessment, we scanning, we start getting many Linux uh, OS hits and we start asking what are those? And I say, oh, yeah, this is the camera system. That's the alarm. This is that, this is, and we look and there's like a lot of Linux footprint in their environment that they have no clue or knowledge about. Now, with the distributions and flavors, as we said, kernel, Linux is the kernel, and then you have the distributions. You have the Debian, you have the Fedora. Debian, you have Ubuntu, Linux Mint. With the Fedora, you have Red Hat, and CentOS, and Oracle Linux. These distributions have the common code of the Red Hat release of the Linux. Uh, Fedora and CentOS are free, while um, Red Hat 
as a distribution-based uh, distro. Uh, they are very popular in the commercial sector. Linux Mint, Ubuntu, and they are the Debian-based uh, installation. They are very popular. I personally prefer Linux Mint. Uh, Ubuntu is very popular, but it is very uh, directed by a commercial uh, company behind them. Uh, it's all good if you want to use it. It's very easy. It's the place maybe to start using these flavors, and then you go into other flavors as soon as more like you grow your knowledge and your experience within Linux, you uh, start using other uh, distributions. For cybersecurity, Kali is the most famous, and there's as well Parrot, uh, which is my personal favorite. Uh, they are, the, these are security-based uh, distributions. They have a lot of pre-installed applications, security applications for testing and working within any security uh, assignment. So moving on, there are three main key elements within Linux. Uh, the kernel, which is the core component, the brain of the OS. Shell is the playground where you where the user and the process interact hardware is your computer hardware the motherboard the cpu the ram everything the software uh, or the os asks to do things or used to do things so if you look at linux as a puzzle the kernel is the core, is the middle centerpiece and everything surrounding it with the file systems, the GUI software, the libraries, the shell, uh, user utilities, all that makes or draw this puzzle. Knowing these part is important in a general formality as a cybersecurity person, as if you want to prevent, for example, elevation of privileges on the system, you should know or you should work on the interaction between the shell and the kernel. This is where it's taking place, keeping users contained within the process they are interacting with. The shell is the portion where the operating system or the user interact with the system if you want to consider it as a vehicle as a car that takes you from point a to point b and depend on the user the driver how good how fast how reliable they can maneuver the car they do a better job and this is exactly what a shell and the user in this environment when we talk about shells every operating system out there should and have a shell Unix, uh, it's called Born Shell, SH. Uh, Linux is called Born Again Shell, Bash. You've heard that a lot before. Windows, it used CMD, it's still there, but uh, PowerShell is uh, being more dominant and taking over the market and being more used. With uh, Apple, there's the Mac, Z Shell, Zish, and there's the old command.com back in the days. The kernel is the component of Linux that you will hear a lot about because this is it is the actual operating system. If it is broken, if it is the integrity of the kernel is, is, is breached, then that's it. It's everything is gone. While user and application, the functionality that they provide will be down, but the operating system is still functioning and working. Well, the kernel is 
controlling the file system, the low-level network, even protocol that support the IP, the memory, and the process management. So if these are not working, nothing um, should. The kernel of any operating system loaded into the memory on boot. When you boot, it loads itself on memory, uh, as this allows it to be much faster in the interaction between all of the components and give it the priority without shifting for it to operate and function properly. It is very important in Linux to understand the logical file system. Imagine Linux as a tree and all other directories and paths are branches. The most important part is the root. This is where you have to protect the most and we'll talk about that later why. Other important directories and paths is the slash dev, just root and dev, is the directory containing special files and programs running to communicate with your physical uh, hardware. Slash var is where all frequently changing data is kept. Slash usr is where programs uh, are used by the user, programming libraries, tools, uh, these should not be changing or changed uh, unless there's an upgrade, a patching. Say why I'm saying that later with the baselining. Slash home is your user directory. Now, disk partitions, you have to know that in Linux, mount points, you have to mount that disk in a directory called etc slash fstab. You can see that with the disk free command df that will display the current mounted partitions. When you are thinking about files, system security, it is useful to keep that in mind. An attacker who compromises a system is likely to install a rootkit that gives these attackers a backdoor into your system and help them to evade any detection. And to do that, attackers has to replace certain programs in your OS, and they reside on slash usr slash bin and slash usr slash sbin directories. So protecting these files there is as well as important. Also to avoid denial of service DOS attacks, you should carefully partition your system for example, having the slash var uh, separate partition and give it enough space to avoid overwhelming system logs that might bring your system down. So it is wise as well to partition your server in the right way and have every uh, important directory separated and given the right space. Most of the times when we call about problems with Linux, and after quick investigation, we noticed that they have been uh, given different directories and they didn't provide them enough space. After a year or so, a uh, problem starts and it is always because of the disk issues and disk space. So always plan ahead in the next three, five years, how much space I might use for these uh, logs or directories and uh, give them enough space. We'll start talking more about one of the critical things in a Linux environment is hardening them. Because Linux, you have a lot of freedom to do a lot of things. So the best way is to do 
harden your devices in your environment in the right way and have a process, have a procedure. If there is a Linux device in your environment, they should obey or they should follow certain procedures or standards. Starting with the most important one I've seen, passwords. You can stop using passwords with Linux and you can use certificate with public private keys to lock down your login. First step to do that is make a directory or create a directory SSH in any path that you find suitable in your home directory, for example, and go to the server that you want to log to that uh, Linux device and generate a key. Have it 4096 bit. That's one of the safest keys. And then you can, or you have to uh, move a public. So now you have a private and public keys. You have to save that public key on your Linux machine. So you copy that key and you move it to your Linux. And the command is you use a command SCP, dollar sign environment, user profile, and the directory .ssh, the name of the key, by default will be id underscore rsa dot public and then your linux um, directory where you want to save it and it's saved now you try to log into your device without a password and that's it it's always better to avoid using passwords and you can see with the permissions and root access as well into your machine never log in or use the root user your uh, id zero and rely always on using sudo or su instead uh, for asia users and windows users this is similar to what's called the pim uh, privilege identity management the concern with the only two options in in linux normal and super users push to have a different or develop different perspective of security. And uh, that's why we see SE Linux, security enhanced Linux, maintaining a much stronger role-based access built in within the kernel uh, OS. There are two general ways to present permission in Linux, symbolic and absolute. Symbolic use letters uh, to represent the permission such as R for read, W for write, X for execute. And absolute use numbers to represent permissions. For example, four is equal to uh, the read, the R, and two is equal for write, and one is equal for execute. That's why you see sometimes um, 755, which is four plus two plus one, which is read, write, execute, that is seven, and five, which is read, execute uh, for uh, the permissions. And that start with the owner, the group owner, and everyone else. So you have these three permissions when you uh, do that. Now to change permissions, the obvious command is chmod, change mode, to change file permission. And you can as well change ownership. Uh, to see that, uh, you can use the command ls space dash l. That will give you uh, the permissions that we spoke about and the date, the space, where they are, save the path, um, everything when, when they last modified, 
we won't be digging deeper because it, it gets a little bit more complex with the set UID and set GID and sticky, which is the set UID file execution, executing the privilege of the file owner. Set GID, it is the same, but for group owners, inheritance, and sticky is only for directories, doesn't work for the file. Only owners may remove files when you have. You have to be as well uh, when you're hardening your system that Linux come and with many accounts for various applications and they come with your ID numbers 100, 500, 2000. Attackers sometimes use these accounts as a backdoor. So any application, any binary on the server on a Linux machine that is not being used, remove it. If you have now with the update and patching, apt space update, apt space this uh, dash upgrade is to upgrade your Linux servers. Uh, most of the time, a lot of attack happens because missing patches and missing uh, upgrades. So always keep in mind to do that. If I'm working in a small environment, I advise them always to have an auto update. If you tend to have few Linux servers and you forget to update them or upgrade them, this is a good uh, tool to, um, to have. Now there is as well GR security. We won't go too deeper into that and the patches to enhance kernel security with the PACS, protection against corruption of memory. We'll go through that with other tools like AppArmor and SE Linux and the difference between them, but it's good as well to know that there is some solutions like GR security uh, and the PACS protection against corruptions of memory. The most used security features we've seen or was seen was AppArmor uh, and the Linux kernel, which restrict capabilities of programs, behavior protection, restrict the resources and access privilege level, um, and do a lot of uh, security enhancement on the Linux. AppArmor is a mandatory access control Mac implementation upon the Linux security module. While SE Linux, Security Enhanced Linux, as well as a Mac and a role base uh, with more focus on that access. AppArmor works by granting access first, then applying restrictions. While this is what I like about the SE Linux, however, restrict access to all application and by default and then grant them only as users apply to or need them or as proper certifications, which I like this approach much better. AppArmor used by Suzy and Ubuntu, while SE Linux is used or was created by Red Hat family. Now it's more compatible. We see that SE Linux is being as well enabled or pushed as a feature to other uh, distros in Linux, which makes sense. AppArmor doesn't have account management, service management, network management, while SE has. AppArmor has, for example, intrusion prevention system. SE lacks that. So there's disadvantage and advantages. Firewall UFW, it is for uncomplicated firewall. I know there are many other solutions and options, but for a machine, for a Linux that you're using, always have it on. You can check what will that do as sudo app install ufw 
And then there's a command like you can block all access and then you can provide what ports to, to work only on it. Uh, this is very useful, very handy if you, if you can have that. Uh, it's, uh, as we say, it's not a bulletproof, but always small thing enhance in your environment. Then we go to the encryption, which is what we mean here is the disk encryption data at rest. Uh, in Linux standard, the locks or Linux unified key setup that do encryption on your disk. So always use, implement these encryptions. If you have them, that will save you sometimes a lot of issues. If there's leaks or data exfiltration for your environment, at least you know that your data is uh, protected. This is most of the hardening part of Linux. I want to talk more about the detection and monitoring process that happens with logs, users, files, directories, and processes, any Linux machine. So what is what do you look into the suspicious process? This is why we always talk about baselining, knowing what is normal. This is how your analysts become better and understand and triage things and see the abnormal part of what's going on faster when they know what is normal. If you don't know what is normal, when you look at the machine, a device, you don't know, or it will take you much more time to understand what is going on. First of all, look at what is odd. Uh, network activities that you don't understand, you don't recognize. High CPU and RAM activities all of a sudden. Deleted binaries, but they are still running. Combination of all of them is what gives you a, a suspicious process to look into. Now, suspicious directories, hidden directories, they are used for hiding data or stolen data, hiding staging data that they want to use in a further lateral movement in your environment. They can do a lot of or hide a lot of data in these directories. Now, the common one that they target is the slash TMP, uh, slash VAR, V-A-R, slash TMP, slash DEV uh, slash bin as bin uh, slash s user slash bin s u r slash s bin. These are the most targeted uh, slash etc and slash var slash log. Uh, these are mostly all the directories that um, you will look into for any suspicious. Um, activities, names, for example, you'll see dot or two dot or some weird naming there that you don't recognize. It's always good to start with these suspicious um, activities. So with the suspicious files, sometimes as well, there's a lot of malicious binaries there and they try to remove it, but there will be traces of these files. It shouldn't be like something called malware.ext to, to see that there are malicious activities or binaries. Uh, you have to look at, for example, .back, which is leftovers of a crash log cleaner. Suspicious activities in binary that are not normally said to be in immutable. PSS in temp, for example, as well. And files masquerading to be something and they're not, just go to the directory and further check it and you see it's not that extension or it's not binary, it's they are pretending for it to be. Then you have as well, suspicious user history files saved in directories that shouldn't be there. For example, if you see SSE key authorized key saved in a slash bin, 
it shouldn't be there it should be root or home directory saved there so having these files that are legit but in a different directory that they shouldn't be there is a suspicious uh, activities so there's so much to look into and observe but i will give you most of the tools that you can find things in without the need of any agent or any uh, tool there in linux for processes or discovering processes running in your environment you can use top top you can use ps dash A-U-X-W-F. You can use for network, port, and raw sockets. Netstat dash A-N-A-L-P. Or you can use S-S dash A dash E. This is all for the network ports. You can use uh, L-S dash A-I-R for deleted binaries that are still running. And you can get the grip. As more as you start digging and studying further in Linux, you get more complicated commands that you can use. Very helpful, very useful. You don't need anything, any tools to discover that. And in the directories, you can use um, the ls-lap. And for files, there's find with all its variations. Go to man space find and will give you all the information that you need and you can start building queries to find any file executed in any directory in any shape. Users, the most important thing is to check the SSH authorized keys and this is in find slash dash name authorized keys you'll find what's there and with logs check for zero size logs this is one of the biggest or the most things I've seen in the environments. And you can do that through uh, command ls space uh, dash al and uh, slash var slash log slash star to see them all, their logs there, and you can see what's there. So these are the commands um, that will be helpful for you. There's another thing I want to talk about, which is the audit D subsystem. Uh, which is uh, an access monitoring and accounting solution for, when I say accounting is accountability, solution for Linux that is developed and maintained by Red Hat. It was designed to integrate tightly with the kernel monitoring and any interesting systems for. Uh, this is really handy in the logger for SE Linux. This is, we go back to uh, the good things SE Linux bring to the system. You can check that audit ctl space dash l or dash s uh, l to show list all of them and the s it shows the current status of the audit. So key points establish a system baseline, tracking anomalies, configuration of logs, monitoring of these logs as well. Linux has many useful built-in commands. Uh, that you can use and utilize to uh, investigate and find what's there. Uh, security is about visibility, baselining, automation. This is bottom line of what you should be looking into or applying on your Linux system. It is important to understand what is running on your system and what happen, what is happening on your system. If anything goes wrong, you understand the new additions that are taking place. And the same token when we say hackers or attackers need to be successful once, but we always have to be successful as defenders. And at the same time, they can have a, it's a thousand to one 
formula where they will find, might find uh, or might uh, uh, leave a trace and we only need one trace to find that abnormality. So they can do a lot of things and delete a lot of things, but leave only one mistake, which will lead us to what's going on. That's it for Linux overall. I didn't want to go too much in a podcast style into what there is to do, but in general, this is the hardening. And these are some of the commands that you can apply and follow into knowing what's going on on your Linux systems as well provided some of the directories that are interesting to look into. Uh, There's a lot of really good agents out there that monitor Linux in your environment. And the myth is that Linux is not targeted or doesn't have a lot of malware. We're seeing a lot of uh, attacks and ransomware that targeting purely Linux. So they are not secure more than any device, but they are not as popular as Windows to be targeted more like Windows. So always keep that in mind. Always keep your system protected. As we said, the crown jewels in your environment, most of the time are residing on a Linux system and not on anything else. So protect your environment and understand how to do that within Linux is key for any successful security operation. Thank you and see you in the next episode.